You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one story at a time, from the eyes of a newcomer. I'm Calvin. I have seen all of the Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen all but one episodes of the Star Wars. I'm Andy. I've seen less Star Wars than they have. In fairness, Calvin appears to have gotten up early and watched Andor, yeah. and I slept in. Dear so, listeners, uh, we are recording who's winning this here is the question. Five. Uh, we're listening to this at five. Who's winning? Five p.m. on Wednesday when episode eleven has just dropped. Even though this will be like releasing after the finale airs, we're recording this on November 16th. So I know stuff that Wyatt doesn't and Wyatt and I know things that Andy doesn't, as always. Honestly, I think I know too much. I could I could like delete 10% of my Star Wars knowledge. Yeah. Maybe live a happier life. Like no knock on Wikipedia. Those folks do great, but. The the fandom wiki uh, infrastructure that the that they have for the hosting isn't very good anymore, but it used to be great. And there was a time when I would just go on the wiki and read and learn stuff. That was me with Game of Thrones before I even like saw the series. I spoiled myself on a lot of Game of Thrones because of the Song of Ice and Fire wiki. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Do you guys hear like a high pitched sound? That's my radiator. Okay. I it's turned off, so that's um Yeah. I thought it was my computer for a second, but uh it's only I thought it making, was me, yeah. It's only making normal uh stressed sounds. Oh yeah, that's that's my radiator and I have I, I haven't turned it on since I came home, so that's hopefully that'll come out in editing. Sorry listeners if you hear my radiator. Uh these uh New York City apartments. <laughs> Living the oh, big yeah. time. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so this uh, this this week on First Steps, the Star Wars podcast, we watch Andor episode seven and only episode seven. True. Yeah. So, you know, we get to do a little deep dive into an episode and we get to do a little, a little check in on, you know, I guess the start of the Imperial Rebellion. But first, who do we want to assign a D&D class to? Guys, I literally don't know. I can't decide. I don't know. I have no idea. But Let me look up D and D classes. She, you know, Mon Mothma is giving bard, and here is why. Okay. Mon Mothma is giving actor. She is putting on a face for the Senate. Yes. And she is putting on a face for her husband, and she is putting on a face for Luthen, and for her driver, and for Tay, and for everyone. And she is spinning these webs and. She's rolling fucking performance check yeah. after performance check. Yeah. Deception after deception. Um, Her and Luthen, Stellan Skarsgård's character, are both sort of two sides of this coin where like he they both put on performances, but in very different ways where like I feel like Mon Mothma doesn't 
get we see she doesn't even get to turn the performance off in her personal life whereas luthan gets to take off the dumb wig and like be stressed with his assistant what if yeah. mon mothma and luthan went to theater camp together when they were kids and that's how they know each other <laughs> yeah that, that, i am very curious true. i'm curious whether because I'm curious whether Luthen, the gallery owner, came first or like what he was before he decided to be a revolutionary. Yeah, these are these are conjectures that we can have next episode when we talk about the prison arc. Guys, Um, guys, so much of Star Wars is like fighting and politics. But what about the art? What about the theater? Do they have movies? They do. They do. Um, Like, I think about that. Hologram dramas, basically. Yeah. The TV is called the Hollow Net, so you know there are there are uh, Leia and Leia Princess of Alderaan says that she has seen some, and um, I think Thane and Sana talk about them in Lost yeah. Stars. A lot of the Hollow Net now is Imperial pro- propaganda, though. But back in the, re- I feel like it's one of those things where in the Republic era there was a lot more yeah. support for the arts. Uh, we had that opera scene in Revenge of the Sith, and there was more celebration of different cultures things so i feel like it's i think i think it's intentional we're not seeing a lot of culture especially on coruscant anymore yeah because in lost stars i won't say super specifics but a thing happens and thane finds himself uh um trying to on a on a new planet that he remembers seeing a holodrama about and he's like oh this place isn't what i thought it was because you know the empire's there so that's Meep. my cat. She is being indecisive about whether she wants to be in or out. Yeah. Initially, I thought Mon Mothma would be kind of like a like a she screams paladin to me in terms of her like. Well, she's also uh, got her conviction. So, yes, I yeah. see where we see paladin. Like, but I but I I was to... I was ready to not buy the bard thing. But I think it, I think the explanation is perfect. I, well, no, I totally get it. I will say when you say paladin. This is the episode where she says, like, I implore anyone who still thinks of this building as a temple. Is that later? I honestly don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, remember if that's in this episode. Well, if, do you recognize that quote? No. Um, well, that is um, something that Mon Mothma says later on that I've just spoiled for you. So sorry about that. Oh, no, yeah, that but I don't later. know. Oh, OK. Yeah. I've remembered. Yeah, it's like well, the, I don't know what building the Mon stuff to. is sort of hard to place because it's consistent throughout. So yeah. I don't I'll always remember what's in which episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly because this is a really well written written show. But um, whether I mean, Mon Mothma is a paladin who multi-classed as a bard. Yeah, and like, she's definitely like, like she's she's a higher level paladin than she is bard, but she definitely has some bard levels in there. And she's, I think. She's a lawful good who's evolving. Where like I because she is she was a senator with Padme and Bail Organa during the Clone Wars when they were trying to advance change through the system and uh, like end the war through political negotiation and stuff. And so it's an interesting thing now to see her. uh, Having struggling with not being lawful good. Yeah. Knowing that to be good, she has to break the law and also and that like makes her have to do this performance, but also just isn't very fun. <laughs> She's uh, having a horrible time. Episode seven right now. Like, I, I, everything that I want to say is like things that we discover in episodes eight, nine, ten. 11. Yeah. Ah, 
But let's uh let's do the do the synopsis of episode to seven. Be continued. Oh my god, a lot. Like not a lot happens, but a lot happens. I mean, mainly you know, like the the Disney um uh, uh short thing is you know they're dealing with the fallout from Aldani. So Andor returns home, has uh, some conversations with Marva and Bix. Um, Serial gets a new job. Um, Deirdre goes to Ferrix and sets up shop that happens. Yeah, she she her power play works. Yeah, she she gets rid of Doc Brown of British comedy fame, the Blevin uh, and yes. uh, and gains favor in the ISB. Yeah, um, Clea and Val have a conversation. Cinta escapes from Aldani. And, and then Cassian gets arrested for nothing. And Cassian gets arrested in space. Yes. Miami. Yeah. All right. So that's, you know, the general things about what happens. Um, so I guess let's get it out of the way. Let's talk about Cyril. One of the things that bugs me design wise a little bit is I think his Bureau of Standards thing with the tie is a little bit too Earth to be in Star Wars. It's one of my very few complaints about the series is it looks well, a little bit too close to it's us. It's a space tie. It I know it's a space shirt. tie, but like I personally think it's a little too close with uh with the amount of stuff Andor's done. There's been just a couple times where I've been like, this isn't Star Wars anymore. This is just a or you could take not this isn't Star Wars, but you could take the Star Wars name off of it and you wouldn't be able to tell it's Star Wars by the design where I feel like Star Wars generally has a very strong visual language. And yeah. it's only a couple times, but uh, that was one of them. However, his like shitty, horrible desk. Awesome. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Yeah. It's the two keyboards it's so we can never though. like not be working. If he yeah. moves his hand, they'll know. Yeah. His mom. His mom still baffles me. I don't un entirely understand what her like thematic purpose is. Aside from just showing that his life sucks and that he had a horrible like his childhood sucked. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, you can never um, he's this is kind of where he gets his need to always impress the people above him is his mother. Yeah, yeah. that's true. She's actually Darth Vader. So <laughs> actually, <laughs> no, I'm just no, I, I thought it was weird, too. Like, I'm always like, girl, who are you? What's your deal? But I like her. Like, I like her. I think she she's hilarious. She's hilarious. And it also is kind of like, I get why this guy sucks, you know, like growing up with her. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I get why he sucks, but I'm also like, I love her and they deserve each other because I'm like, you suck, dude. So you deserve a woman who will tear you down. Yeah. I mean, not too much happens with Cyril this episode. He, you know, gets a job. No, I, yeah. and he's sad about I think, it. and I think this, uh, Which, like me too. I think he's like definitely being set up. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be in the finale or in further episodes of Andor or all the way in season two, but I know him and Cassian are going to have like a run in again. It feels inevitable. Yeah. And they're going to um, kiss. No, that, I, <laughs> that is a gay kiss that will actually kind of make me wretch a little bit. 
No, there's uh, there's much better <laughs> gay ships in this show. I think I'm homophobic specifically against Cyril Karn, ex Cassian. <laughs> well, Andor. that's because if Karn they kiss, I'll become homophobic. <laughs> Cyril yeah. Karn looks homophobic. Suddenly, I am homophobic. Have you seen like any of the uh, the he, the actor who plays him did all the press tours with a like full bushy red beard, and he's like no, smiling. I haven't seen that. No, it's just it's I didn't Horrifying. recognize him because the actor is like he's got kind eyes. He's a big smile. And so he looks nothing like Cyril Karn, which is just I I do. Re- I don't like his screen time and I'm a little like eh on his yeah. his story. But the actor is fantastic. It's, Have a, we- it's a compelling performance. Like, I, you know, no one can make me hate a person this much. <laughs> he's honestly very much like an incel you know what i mean like the, the oh i just hit my hold that thought mic. yeah the incel vibes are off the charts yeah remember listeners this is only episode seven i don't like that <laughs> yeah anyway that's all i have to say about him um because yeah. he was boring this episode he was eating more was he eating more of his his space yes with the blue milk cereal yeah. carn cereal um and then we cut to of all people and of course it was so appropriate but we love it wolf ularen yeah did you notice so that's admiral ularen from the clone wars the person that was that started at the the isb guy that's that's admiral now isb colonel wolf ularen jeez oh i didn't catch that yeah He's only identified via subtitles and Calvin and I knowing what he looks like in this era. <laughs> yeah. But Fair enough. yep. Military man. Admiral Ularen probably got a less stressful job now that he doesn't work for Anakin anymore. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. He's just kind of doing that. Well, but also ISB shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the whole big thing about this scene is that it's introducing the P.O.R.D., the public order. The poured. I forget what it's called. Public something. Resentencing degree, I think. Yeah. Um, Because it ends up being that like they one of the big things that he says is like any dissent is now a class one offense and punishable by much more things. And this is what I had to restrain myself from saying last episode until we watch this, Uh, because we've been talking. We've been joking about how at this very moment, uh, Zeb and Ezra are stealing a TIE fighter and and failing to get a fruit. But we know that Rebels and Andor happened in the same year. But I'm going to say, I think, and I've seen, I I based this on my own thinking, but also some very good tweets that I saw. Yeah. Uh, I think Rebels season one starts the day after Aldani. As soon as this is put into place, because we see in this episode a Star Destroyer arriving on Aldani in a shot very similar to the first time, uh, the first shot of Rebels, where Ezra sees the Star Destroyer going overhead. Um, and the antagonist of Rebels Season 1 is an ISB agent commanding military, like, Navy and Army stuff, like Yularen says they'll get to do. I think the that the uh, Spark of Rebellion happens right after this Imperial escalation, part of why the citizens of Lothal are so mad. One of them, that fucking goat man, gets arrested for treason in the first episode for, like, saying the Empire sucks by uh, the two Imperial goons who get killed by the Inquisitor. And I remember back in the day when Rebels came out, people said that was stupid. 
like, oh, he just he, he didn't even like he wouldn't be arrested for treason. That's not how like authoritarianism works. And now there's like an explanation for why they just upped everything, any dissent against the empire to will lock you away forever because of their because of the impact of Aldani. So I really like that you can pretty much I, I don't know if I'm right, but it, it fits so well with rebels that I'm really impressed how it works like canon wise. That was my rebel spiel. But I think it's it, it, it wasn't ever at all intended at the time, but the fact that Agent Callus is an ISB agent is way more interesting in given Andor's context with the ISB. Hmm. So they haven't stolen the TIE fighter yet, but they're about to. Yeah. <laughs> in conclusion. Um, um do, do you have anything that you want to say about this little bit? I've been thinking I mean, about this for weeks. Sorry for going on yeah. a monologue, but it's like it just I really love Rebels and now I really love Andor. And I'm impressed that the show with the showrunner who's like publicly, I don't give a fuck about Star Wars, has used the like minutia of canon to tell an interesting story. Instead of being limited by story decisions on prior shows or movies, everything that Andor has done with like little bits of canon has made the story more interesting. Sorry, I can't believe I missed it. That's Yularen. <laughs> I'm I'm rewatching it right rolling. now. I'm literally like for real. He gets tagged in the subtitles, <laughs> that's but that's it. And yeah, then, no, and at I like was... the beginning of his thing, like yeah. like it doesn't keep saying his name. So yeah, yeah. but the no, uh... I was definitely like halfway through that scene, and then like I you know I was like this guy looks familiar, and then like I, the mustache clicked for me, and I was like yeah, is that you, Lauren? Yularen is a character who technically debuted in the original Star Wars as an Imperial officer with a mustache wearing that white uniform. And then Clone Wars gave him the backstory sort of retroactively of all we know of Yularen, the Republic Admiral, served with Anakin Skywalker, doesn't really like serving with Anakin Skywalker. Because he wasn't even in like Revenge of the Sith or anything like no. that. No. Um, I mean, like, but, he's there in the background. Someone correct me. But like. No, he's he's not. Tarkin's in Revenge of the Sith, but that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so so I like he's the he's the mustache guy in this era. If his, if there's a white uniform and a mustache, it's probably Yularen. And he's being a real dickhead here. Like real fascist behavior from my man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really one thing that really struck with me was <laughs> Andy's broken again. Um, I didn't realize it, he went this bad. You, I didn't you, think you, he was that bad of a guy. You got glup shit out again. Yeah, I feel like Glup, whoa. Glup shittoed live on air. <laughs> oh boy, oh doggy. It's just crazy to be like, and everyone turned out to be evil. Well, so Yularen <laughs> is a career military man. Yeah. In and in, in the officer's class. Like, I think, and I would not be shocked if he was somebody who bought the lies about the Jedi. Yeah. Like, yeah. not not even that he disliked them, but just that his experience was. They're they're wild. They're, they're violent. Reckless. They're they're they always do their own thing. They are not part of the Republic proper. And he could believe that they would try to overthrow the government. Um, so I would not be shocked if that's part of his evolution. Um, and he's a huge like the system guy. So I, I mean, he was 
because you think about it, we we talked about the Republic not really being the good guys of the Clone Wars, but there there's not a whole lot of difference, like between fighting separatists and fighting rebels. One was like a politically declared war, but I think in Yularen's mind, it would be much the same thing. They're stre- they're threatening the stability of ordinary people's lives in first the Republic and then the Empire. It's important to stop them. Oh, uh, you were trying to say, you've been trying to say something, Andy? No. Oh. No, I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. Um, Deirdre's like, you know, smart and she's yeah. taking her way toward the center. I girl bossin. She's a girl boss. She's a girl boss, but in like derogatory. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Good. Like (laughs) we don't like her. She. I feel bad for her. Actually, I kind of feel like I want her to become a good guy. Really bad. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that's ever gonna happen. But I am also captivated by her ISB journey. I am also like I'm glad they they do recognize that she's good at, she's good at being bad. Yeah. (laughs) They should have promoted her. I also, I, a little bit I liked is that, uh, when they questioned her, he's like, when she questioned the sector system, like that they have, and they were like, well, major part of guys came up with that. And she said something to the effect of like, if, if we're not willing to question the system or like to do our jobs, like, what are we doing? And that earned her the major's approval. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's good seeing that there are there are careerist imperials who are only doing things for their own uh, own good. But also there are ones who are like genuinely good at their jobs. That makes them more that makes them scarier. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, Dedra, yeah. The Dedras, the major part the Ularans of the world. They make the ISB actually run and actually do bad things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do have I have one one wish and it hasn't happened yet. Minor spoilers for the rest of the seasons. I've been wanting to see somebody in an ISB like field agent uniform like Agent Callus because I really want them to translate that dorky ass helmet he wears to live action. So I've been waiting to see like an ISB agent in the armor and it hasn't happened yet. And I really want him to do it because it's going to look stupid. And I love when Star Wars is stupid. Andor, Andor isn't ballsy enough to be dumb. No, no, they're too busy being good. I know that they're too busy being good. Even even some of the things and like Luthen's some of the like background objects in Luthen's shop. Yeah, no, Starkiller's armor that looks, you know, that's like big and flashy, but they make it look cool in in live action, even though it's, you know, a thing in animation. Um, so, yeah, uh, Luthen is chilling out in his shop when Mon Mothma shows up and is like, we can't be doing violence, Luthen. Why? why yeah. Why are we? Doing yeah. This? I literally wanted to be like Mon Mothma bestie. Pull yourself together. Like, I don't know what she expected, but it was like, this is what the rebellion is. So her being upset, I was kind of like, girly pop, (laughs) girly, this is, this is how things happen. Well, and Luthen, Luthen said the exact same thing to her. I think that, I think this sort of, 
fear she felt was more of a loss of control in the one area of her life she actually felt in control of. Because Luthen just fucked off and did it on his own. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's was she's just scared that he moved his hand too early. And also, I, I think there is... She wasn't... Like, I keep mentioning that she served with Padme, but Padme would go shoot a bitch. <laughs> like, Mon Mothma hasn't done violence ever. She's a senator. She's a politician. That's what she's good at. And so yeah. I, re- I really enjoyed that scene because... Again, the 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 acting in this show is off the charts. I don't I don't know what Genevieve O'Reilly was doing for the 10 years or so between when they cut her from Revenge of the Sith and now. But she should have been in everything. She's fantastic. Even though I I, I sort of agree with you, Andy, where we talked about how the, the Mon Mothma stuff is not the most exciting of the of the plot lines. But I find it compelling because of her performance. I want to watch how she reacts to this stuff and how. It have how especially the like the double edged like when we explicitly see her with the performance, like when she's pretending in Luthen's uh, shop and then here at the dinner party when she's hiding from the Empire, but also from her husband. The dinner party was so good. That was yeah. amazing. My favorite scene probably in this episode. I mean, just. The 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 game the game, you know, and she's, uh, I'm trying to think. Well, and I, I like that everything with her is so large scale. She's trying to fund the rebellion to overthrow the government, but also her daughter hates her. Her husband sucks. And the guy she needs for help is her old boyfriend. Like it's these small town problems that she's having that really sort of crack me up, but also make it more deliciously tense like because Perrin doesn't think she's funding guerrilla warfare he thinks she's banging Tay Colma I just really loved when she was like he's not to be trusted I don't know I just think that that's we so often see familial relationships being like at the core of and not that this isn't like, the, I feel like the family is kind of the core of a lot of this, but in the opposite direction. I feel like a lot of the times, so like we see it with with Cassian. I mean, he cares about the people that he cares about his family, he cares about his sister, yeah. cares this about his mom. has that great conversation with his mom later. Yeah. The same yeah. one as this dinner party stuff. So it's a it's a definitely a contrast. It's and it and it's but it's interesting because it's like these people like love each other and they're honest with each other and they're they're going to be like radically honest with each other. whereas. With Mon Mothma, like, she can't even trust her own children. And it reminds me, actually, of uh, 1984, you know, where it's like, oh, you better watch out because your kids will rat you to the whatever the fuck. There's definitely an an atmosphere of paranoia in, in Andor's empire that I feel like isn't as prominent in other depictions of the empire. It's sort of implied uh, but it's sort of more about the fact that at, at any moment, a Darksider will kill you. <laughs> like Imperial officers have to watch out because Inquisitors or Darth Vader are going to kill them. So there's yeah. there's always been that kind of thing. But I, I like the the more mundane, sinister stuff that Andor is showing. Like the fact that Mon Mothma's driver is a plant and that her husband is too chummy with with like Imperials because they like they're either nice to him or they give him money. Like it's. 
it's these it's this is the kind of our world stuff that I really like in Andor. And I, I don't I don't want all Star Wars to be like this, but I want there to be a space for Star Wars like this. Like, yeah, I, I want these stories. I don't want Andor to be a one and done. I, I would like them to continue if there if there's a good pitch for it. Tell sophisticated, grounded stories. But also sometimes the space wizards need to see the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Clea goes and meets up with Vel. And Vel has dolled herself up for Coruscant. And yeah, she made herself she made herself look straight. Yeah. LOL. You can't make her look straight. <laughs> you can't make Cinta look straight, which is why she didn't come to Coruscant. <laughs> um Yeah. I mean that pretty much was like, okay, well. The her detail being I like, like Oh what? No, sorry. Uh you can go. I I just thought it was like, oh, this really does support uh, Luthen being her papa. That was yeah. all. Yeah. Um, what uh, the little detail I liked is that she follows like a, a stylized version of the rebel logo yeah, scrawled yeah, on yeah. the floor, but it's different. It's the one in the in the title sequence, but it's different from Sabine's Phoenix Squadron. Rebel Starbird thing, and uh, it's different also from the classic Rebel logo, which is just a similar thing, the the, the crescent with a point in the middle, but uh, a little bit different. And I love seeing that there. That's a common like revolutionary symbol, but it's not all this. It's not like yeah. it's not like the a same. Swoosh. Well, it's all it's riffing not... on the um, or well, rather, the symbol of the Jedi Order was riffing on the Rebellion logo. But like you know, in universe, it all comes from the symbol of the. Jedi yeah. order of that like, yeah. spire of light. And I would and I wouldn't then... be shocked if the Jedi symbol was even was like an old like it's just an old thing. Yeah. It's like how it's a bad example. But before it was corrupted by our the fucking Nazis, the the swastika going the other way was an ancient symbol from like Hindu Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so but it like has been reinterpreted over time to mean so many different things. And I like that that there's a there's a comparable thing in Star Wars that then instead of being reinterpreted by the fascists, it's sort of it's almost re reclaimed by the because they try to they're trying to erase the Jedi. And yet even just through this symbol, which people may not even know, ordinary people may not even know that's a Jedi symbol. But to the to to people in the galaxy at this time, it means hope. Or it. Shortly should. Yeah. <laughs> right now it means secret meetings. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clea tells Vel to kill Andor. So Yeah, I don't that's not happening. That's important. Be really funny if they just killed him. And then we've yeah. been lying about him being in Rogue One. It was like, just... all an elaborate <laughs> prank. Yeah. yeah, like come on, be for real. There's no way that she could fight. Cassian Andor, Andor is a psyop. Yeah. Luthan, however, is still invested in Andor, but Yeah, he doesn't want to yeah. kill him, but he's Making a hard decision. Yeah. Um. Shall we move to Ferrix? Because I think we've hit all our bases on Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, Cassian heads back to Ferrix and meets up with his mom and is like, "Mom, we're leaving. I have lots of money now. Let's go." Us and Bimo. And I'm like, he, oh. "Does he meet Bix first or mom first? No, he goes mom, to mom first. first. Okay. And then mom is like, "No, fuck it, fuck let's it. rest. <laughs> I'm not leaving." Let's rest. Oh, yes. Okay. I need yeah. to sleep. And he's like, of course, of course. 
And then he goes to see Bix. And he's like, your boyfriend was mad because we used to fuck. And <laughs> he sold me to the police. Uh, and then, yeah. Oh, Todd. Yeah, we. I fucking hate that dude. Literally worst character. I'm so glad. I'm glad they killed him because I feel like people would just be like, kill this bitch, kill this bitch. Well, no worse. You'd see Twitter arguments on his side. Oh, God. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Yeah, I just hate him. It was so like such a such a like. Yeah, I don't want well, to. It's, it's 1984. Like you said, they he, he narked on him because he. Yeah, either, because of probably because of fear of what would happen if he didn't. He's like my girlfriend, my well, girlfriend yeah, Bix. He didn't. He didn't want. He thought Cassian was a no, no good, dirty scoundrel. Which, in fairness, he is. Uh, but he didn't want him around his his girlfriend. But he's he's my no good, dirty scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, I just I I do like a an, an aspect of uh Cassian's character that's very fun in in Andor is that. Nothing anybody says about him is really wrong. Like he did oh, suck yeah. at the beginning. Like he's not you wouldn't want him hanging around your girl. But he's like he is endlessly charming. Like Diego Luna is endlessly charming as Cassian. So you know why he gets why he was like able to be have friends at the beginning and even though he was like perpetually in debt and always in trouble. But at least he's the kind of person who's going to pay off his debts. Oh yeah. No, Cassian, I think we've seen is at heart a good person. Yeah. Uh he's just he's he's one of those I don't cause drama. Drama finds me type of people. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> he didn't I uh, the it's just we'll see the the uh the next three episodes have just some just very funny contrasts with the fact that Cassian was involved in the Aldani raid versus what he ends up doing. Yeah. Bimo's great. Love, love Bimo. Honestly, didn't think we were going to get any more of Bix after the first three episodes. So I'm I'm glad we returned to Ferex. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were never seeing her again. Yeah. With the Aldani episodes, I was like, oh, we're going to go. We're doing Clone Wars arcs. We're going to go planet to planet. We're just keeping our main characters, uh, our main character of Cassian. And I'm glad that we're not. I'm glad that Ferex is a through line because I really liked Ferex and the Ferex characters. I had an idea about the flashbacks today, like literally today. I think that the flashbacks are Marva's POV. Because, number one, they only happen on Ferex. I was wondering in episodes four, five, six, why the hell we don't have flashbacks. And then we had another flashback in episode seven. And... They happen on Canari. No, the flashbacks only happen while Cassian is at Ferex. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they are, of course, of Canari, and the whole I'm reason back that on we board. don't, and the whole reason that we don't have subtitles in, um, in the flashbacks in episodes one, two, three, are because Marva doesn't know specifically what they're saying. She knows what happened because Cassian has told her, but, um, she doesn't know what the hell they're saying. And then, <laughs> obviously, this flashback of, uh, you know, their early days on Ferex, um, she was there for. Um, I, that's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. I, for this one in particular. So, sorry, I am excited to see what happens in the finale episode. Yeah, agreed. This one, I do think, for me, is so cassian centered because i saw 
I think it was a tweet or a reaction that that was like in this flashback to when Cassian's dad gets killed. Uh, we do not cut to an actor playing a younger Cassian. Mm. Um, we cut to we we keep Diego Luna, and uh, the tweet basically said that it's it's sort of they theorized it was meant to imply that Cassian is always in this moment. Yeah, this well, is think... the moment that 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 drives him. Because uh, they they already cast a young Cassian, so leaving him as Diego Luna was definitely a deliberate like thematic choice. Yeah. Well, number one to explain that my in the context of my theory, Marva's mind is definitely going. So you know. <laughs> yeah, she, she's um, fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, number two, their bond is clearly one of the like important through lines of season one. Yeah. Andor. So like, I think that. I think that having a revelation like this in the finale, or so if they could find a way to show it in the finale uh, without it being cheap, I think that that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, because I, I, she's honestly like, I really hope that. I feel like they submitted Fiona Shaw for, um, for guest actor for the Emmys, guest actress, sorry. Um, but I want that to be her. I want, I want right, a specific I, person who is in um, uh, the next three episodes to win guest actor, and I want Fiona Shaw to win uh, guest actress in a drama. All right, so so, so I Cassian goes over to Bix's house and is like, "Yo, how do I get in contact?" Sup, so, baby. He, he, he you ups Bix in the middle of the night. <laughs> you up. <laughs> he he had her. He has this little knock, his gay little knock that he does. Well, and like you said, Calvin, he pays his debts. Yeah, and and we just kind of, it's like good and and or Cassian is caught up with where the rest of us are in knowing what the fuck happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, he I honestly didn't do that much in this episode either. So yeah. uh, no, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's like not a lot happens, but a lot does happen. It's just like a lot of a lot of important dialogue that half of which we can't talk about with you, Andy. Um. Yeah, uh, I did um, really like his the the one of the best scenes of the episode. I thought was his conversation with his mom that happens after he goes to see Bix. The uh, like, I'll worry about you. That's just love. Line was really lovely. Yeah, um, and and yeah, like like Calvin's talking about. It's a it's a really good way to to really underscore their bond because I because Marva is she's great, but she's definitely a background character and not like just in that she is always in the background. She doesn't. She's old as balls. She doesn't really g impact the plot all that much. Yeah. Yeah. She's not physically active, but I like that she is part of the emotional center of the show. Her and her and Bimo, they're Cassians and Bix, they're Cassians people. Yeah. And Bimo is so excited to go <laughs> with them. And Marva's just like, no, we have to stay. No, we have to stay. And I mean, like, I really I'm loved sorry. it that like she was, you know, getting up and out and finally making it through her trauma of you know walking down that road where her husband yeah, was hanging that was cool. i did uh a very good detail i liked is that republic or not republic but imperial clone troopers shot him post order 66 phase two armor clone troopers yep uh mind wiped i'd assume early empire yep pretty much factory default clones and uh I, I liked that rather than just using the stormtrooper costumes they already had on hand. Like Andor doesn't does Andor doesn't fuck with the little details, and I really like that. 
Yeah. I agree. It's just very sexy and cool the whole time. The show just never fucking well, stops and then, being sexy and, then, and cool. And then we go to the next scene where Andor is like on a tropical planet with <laughs> a, a naked lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to see Cassie and Andor fucks. I know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I Andy. Did you like your uh, Did you like your shirtless Diego Luna content? Absolutely. As someone who is typically like, I only want to look at women. I was like, this is very good. Um, but honestly, I was just really interested in this dynamic of him, of her, this girl being like, we have to go shopping, <laughs> and him being like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. It sort of implies that he's like kind of kind of got a mediocre girlfriend and like still doesn't really know what he's doing with his life like he, yeah no it's been literally six days though he's already picked up a girl yeah. yeah it's 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 very it's very like i also like the 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 funky music that played <laughs> the, there's a bunch of on the soundtrack there's a bunch the planet's called niamos and there's a bunch of like niamos club mixes mm-hmm <laughs> That get played every time there's diegetic music in the show, like in the brothel at the beginning, there was one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I was it, mad because then he got arrested. For no reason. Yeah, that was but, hey, no it's not reason. like that happens in the real world, right? Well, it was it was one of Andor's subtlety hammer scenes where this was very much this was it's reeked to me of the pointlessness of Nemec's death. Where it's yeah. just like it was happening and you couldn't it felt like you wanted to stop it through the screen. Like it was a it was frustrating hearing him talk to the trooper and the droid and the uh judge, where it was like you want to just stop it and like like this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be something that happens to our hero. But yeah. Six years, it's thrown in jail. And he's like We'll say, yeah, but, so what go, I said at the end of this episode, I said at the end of this episode, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if they just left him in prison for a couple episodes? And then they do. Yeah. I said that. Uh, well, stay tuned for next time. Yeah, but I like it was it cracked me up that like we just watched this sort of like really thrilling heist arc where Cassian aids the rebellion and he like starts to unlock that like any selflessness and acting on behalf of others. And he learns from Nemec. And then we see an episode sort of dealing with the fallout and then oops, he gets thrown in jail (laughs) character, character development up interrupted to go to prison. I was like, cause I I will say I was totally anticipating the post Aldani stuff to be Cassian joins up. Like after that's what I thought, too, after yeah. even in this episode, I was like, OK, after Ferrix, he's going back to Luthen. They won't kill him. There'll be some sort of a like standoff misunderstanding, but he'll he'll join up with the early rebellion. Nope. Jail. Jail for 1000 years. <laughs> he went to jail. <laughs> yeah. I will say also, I'm pumped to do the next podcast oh, episode on the next just three. of note, um, this was Sam Witwer as the short trooper. Was it? Yeah. Fun. Uh, voice of Darth Maul and the sun. It was, I will say, notably, notably not Alan Tudyk as the droid. Yes. But uh, we'll get to that. Yep. Later. Uh, and like two what years. I, gonna say? I had I thought of something right as you. Yeah, no, I lost it. Okay. 
All right. Well, that is about it. Um, long live B2 Emo. And may the force be with you. Oh, next time on First Steps to Start Podcast. <laughs> uh, next time on First... This, is, this was a short episode. I'm off my game. Next time on First Steps to Star Wars Podcast, we are going to be watching the Prison Break arc. Episodes 8, 9, and 10. Narkina 5. Nobody's Listening. And One Way Out. Stay tuned. With you. The swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>